Traveling the Vortex. We've joined Missy as she travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 502, where alliteration trumps accuracy every single day. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good that now that I know the show's coming back. I mean, I was yeah, worried. Right. I was worried that we weren't going to get any more Doctor Who ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever again. Ever again. It could have been a disaster. <laughs> hey, who's seen Venom Let There Be Carnage? Nope. Nope. Darn. I read about the post-credit Reddit scene. I was going to say, you probably should go see it before you see any more Marvel films. I need to see the last two Marvel films before I see any Marvel films. <laughs> Wait. Oh, you didn't see Black Widow or Shang-Chi? Not yet. Ah. Well, you have Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Okay. Was, so Widow's coming. We just haven't had time, though. It came out Wednesday. Oh, I was going to say, it's coming Wednesday, but it was last Wednesday. Yeah, you're right. And then yeah. uh, Shang-Chi is in November, so. Do we know when in November? The 9th, I believe. Okay, we might just be a little late getting to the Eternals then. Whatever Disney Day is, uh, Disney Plus Day is, I think, I think that's the 9th. I think it's November 9th. I thought it was the 5th, but I could be very wrong. Well, that could be too, but. Uh, they're not going to be the 5th of November. November 12th. 12th. So that will wrong. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be Disney Plus Day. Yeah, and Eternals comes out before that, doesn't it? Darn. All right. Well, uh, Venom was a good movie, and Venom Let There Be Carnage was twice as good. Really? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I thought the visual effects, no, the special effects, the CGI was a bit hinky in places, but for the most part, everything looked really good. And... uh, I think Sean's the one that said this last time when we were talking about Venom, that the only person in the movie that knew they were doing a comedy was uh, Tom Tom uh, Tom Hardy. Hardy. I almost said Holland. It was Tom Hardy. It's I did say that. This time, everybody realizes it. And so it, the, the chemistry and the jokes land better and everything. And, and Tom Hardy goes above and beyond even more so than he did in the last one and that also makes this film better because where he was where he's shown in the last one and just carried the film he did it twice as much this time and everybody else caught up to him so oh good yeah so good praise and i won't say i won't say anything more because oh you guys need to see it okay we were hoping to uh, to to get out. Um, we just Mel was working the uh, Raylana's consignment sale this past week. Well, two weeks, and so I had Shy, and she was at the mall, and it, it just kind of was like, yeah, it's not happening anytime soon because I'm leaving work early to pick Shy up from the bus stop, and there goes our matinee. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we were hoping maybe this week we'd be able to get out and catch both Let There Be Carnage and No Time to Die. But uh, I'm still not uh, sure that's going to happen. So. <laughs> Life is putting a definite dent in my movie going. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> All right. Well, did you guys do anything fun? All right. Well, then. <laughs> we, we visited a pumpkin patch out in uh, Alma. And I, for those of you with little kids, Keith, uh, I strongly recommend it. Okay. 
tons and tons and tons of stuff kind of geared at them. They had slides and swings and climbing up on hay bales and one of those big uh, inflated bounce jumper things. Not a house, but, uh, you know, normally you put them out in the lake and you bounce off of them. Oh, okay. It was one of those, but it was buried uh, there on the property. Oh. and Actually looked a lot like the thing. You remember that scene in Flash Gordon where Flash is running through Arbor and he falls down in the muck and then crawls out and he lays there for a minute and then the this green trash bag kind of inflates underneath him and the tentacles come out and poke him down into the muck? Yeah. <laughs> it looked just like that, except without the tentacles and it was orange instead of green. Kids loved it. Jim, I might like that if it's not an, an enclosed thing. We went to Cider Days and she wanted to do the bounce house until she realized she had to get inside of it and there were other kids and <laughs> it was confined. So she then she changed her mind. Yeah, no, this is this is an open air thing. Nice. But just just half hour away in Alma. So we're going to go to the uh, Sunset Zoo this weekend because they have an albino wallaby that just ah, was born. I saw that on the news. So maybe we'll swing by over there afterwards. I recommend it. Lots to do. All right. Well, let's talk about the news. The big news this week. Doctor Who is still not on. <laughs> For, For a couple now. more weeks. For now. <laughs> Until Halloween. Halloween. Do you think they chose Halloween because it's going to be a super spooky episode or is that just good timing? Um. No, I bet. I bet there was a. I bet there was some calculated choice in there because Halloween's actually on Sunday, and they they've been doing Doctor Who on Saturday, right? Or last last two years it was on Sunday. Oh, yeah. you're right. It I has believe been. all of yeah. Jodie Whittaker has been Sunday. Yeah, you're right. So I think it's probably happenstance that it fell that way, but I also think because they're playing up this whole flux angle, I think that they're that's probably yeah. I think they're counting on it being a particularly spooky episode so so will it be a halloween special uh well if they mention halloween or halloween has something to do with the episode then yes it's a halloween special otherwise no oh just airing on halloween isn't a good enough reason no yeah that's why i refuse to call um well actually I think both of them had something to do with New Year's Day or New Year's Eve anyway. The both the last two specials they did. I don't know if it's a part of the master plan or not, but uh, if you figure, you know, Doctor Who airs on Halloween and there's 8 episodes in the season, the last episode will air on the 19th of December. And the next week is uh Oh, what's that holiday? Uh, Kwanzaa. Yeah, that one. So maybe maybe we'll get a Kwanzaa special. Oh, you're thinking the last episode will be Halloween I, or uh, be Christmas? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I'm 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 wondering if we won't actually get even another you know oh, quote unquote bonus no. episode the following week because well, it would be the week of Christmas. That would be but, a massive curveball from Chibnall because he doesn't like the Christmas special idea. That's why he does his on New Year's Day. So yeah. that would that would be a massive curve curveball if they did do that. Just throwing that out there is rampant speculation. It feels like it's been so long, so long. Then that it we... does feel like it's been a long time. Wow, that's Whew. well. Finally, Does anybody remember the last time we reviewed a new episode? <laughs> 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 well, it would have been uh, 
New Year's, right? Thereabouts. One one two thousand twenty one. So it was this year. <laughs> oh, so twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one. I guess we reviewed it on the fourth of January of this year. Yes. Is that all? <laughs> ten months ago. Ten months ago. We've only gone ten months without Doctor Who. That's not bad. Now I feel lesser for having complained so much. <laughs> I it mean, still, still feels like a long time. Ten months. <laughs> still feels like it's a not long like time. I'm over here waiting for new episodes of the Orville. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, but 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 ten months in 2021 in dog years is you know it's pandemic years. You yeah, know, pandemic years. They're longer. Yeah. And I don't feel so bad. Equal years. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh let's do our reviews. What's up first, Keith? Well, let's do our reviews of Missy Series One and from Big Finish. And Keith, what's uh what's the first one? A spoonful of mayhem. In a spot of bother in Victorian London, Missy is forced to take on a governess duties. But she has another scheme in mind, and her charges are simply in the way. She's going to have to teach the children some rather harsh lessons about getting what she wants. And there will be tears before bedtime. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, I like this one a lot, too. This was a good start to the box set. I'll go beyond that. It was a great start to the box set. I adored just about everything in this. Um... The, the very cheeky way that, uh, you know, of course we've all made the Mary Poppins comparison. And so to just kind of take that and lean into it really hard. <laughs> I, I just loved it. Not even lean into it really hard. Just play, pay homage to it completely. Even down to the point where the, uh, the, the Missy theme song at the open, I don't know if anybody else felt this way. Maybe just me reading too much into things, but it almost felt like a very bombastic reorchestration of spoonful of sugar or chim chim tree. It, it had elements of those Mary Poppins songs. <laughs> yeah, even before like the story got to Mary Poppins esque stuff, the theme I did feel kind of had a Mary Poppins uh, feel to it too. I don't think I, Glenn? Oh, I don't think the music elicited any any amount of <laughs> Mary Poppins for me. I'd, I I mean, I'll have to go back and listen to it and, and see what you guys heard, but I didn't. Yeah, that didn't not for me. Um, gosh, you know, I I really really liked it. I thought it was a really good start. Um, I think what works really well for it is it's a simple story. It doesn't get too complex. I think both that and the next one that we'll review. Um, have that going for it is that it gives us time to uh, get reacquainted with Missy as a character, uh, to get reacquainted with Missy, presumably prior to uh, uh, Capaldi's last year. Uh, what series was that? I, I've lost track. Series definitely seems like it. Um, yeah. yeah, and so. It feels like that Missy that we've kind of had prior to, you know, the attempted redemption that she's gone through. Um, I like the I love the fact that they've set up a different villain in each one of these so far. And this one particularly having the wardens 
which are basically, I guess, an interstellar, not really even a prison, but yeah, so somewhat. And she has to adhere to certain by certain rules, and they keep an eye on her, and then and then she turns it on them, you know, at the end, um, having the whole uh, story be surrounded by the the device of her. Uh, locating this certain object so that she can uh, use it against them. Uh, not to mention also she gets somewhat close to the kids in the process, which uh, impressed me because she can be, you know, quite cold and devious and she makes the references about, well, maybe I won't kill you and those kind of things. Ha ha ha. And joking with the, with the, with the, with the father uh, at the beginning. But you, you, when she says things like that, it's that whole play on, you know, or it's Missy being Missy, but there's also that that hint of malice in it, and you always recognize that from Missy, and which is something I've always liked about the character. That is, as lighthearted and as jovial as she often seems, she has a very deep dark side, and she she is scary. <laughs> She's scary because of it, and so to see her, you know, she doesn't. I, Warm up to the kids might be maybe exaggerating, but she certainly has an appreciation for them. And they, in turn, have an appreciation for her, even though she's, you know, causing quite a bit of mayhem in, in, in the adventures that they're having. But uh, especially when they finally get to the, the, the train part where she puts the degen in there and she's speeding the train along and, and you know, everybody or all the, the kids are quite fearful, but. Uh, yeah, it's just good. It was, it's really good. Really good storytelling, and everybody did a good job. It's really interesting that they have her get so kind of affectionate with the kids, considering this is pre-redemption story arc. Like, it's almost like they're trying to lay some of that groundwork to show why she would even consider doing, having a redemption. Um, and be good for the doctor, other than, you know, being trapped in that sell for so long that might be it's almost like they're they're trying to like lay the groundwork of seeing showing that this it's within her character all along to be to occasionally not be so horrible <laughs> not necessarily be good but not be so horrible right, right. Uh, that it's within her all along yeah that you, you that may be indeed what they're doing to get because there really is a gap in the Missy from the early Capaldi series to the Missy in the later Capaldi series, there's a gap of, okay, why did she get to this point that she wants to, she wants to be a do-gooder? Why, you know, why, why? I don't think we, we fully got the why she wants to change. And so I think yeah. you're right. They may be laying that groundwork. And while she was kind of affectionate towards Clara, it was still always, uh, well, she, only hasn't killed her because it's and it wouldn't be a she's Clara's still being convenient for Missy yeah. in those stories where they're kind of buddy buddied up together and so it's kind of interesting to see this where the kids are a convenience but then they kind of become a little bit more than that yeah yeah she doesn't it's cast almost Sorry, go ahead. No, I just to say she doesn't cast them aside for that. Although we get the impression that that's what's happening because it's part of her plan to make sure that uh, was it Lucy, the girl, gets knocked off the train. So although she does drop them as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. 
it almost feels like she's auditioning. Auditioning for? A companion. If oh. that was something that, you know, Master had ever done yeah. uh, throughout the long and arduous <laughs> career. If, you know, there was ever really a companion mode. It's almost on par with the Doctor auditioning. But, uh, in, in fact, there was a part of me that was quite fearful uh, for the lives of these children as we went on because I kind of suspected they were going to go all the way up to, all right, fine, you can come along with me and we've spent such grand times together, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and then I, I killed you on the doorstep. And no, I was just kidding. Uh, all right. Anything else on this one? Let's move on to the next one. Divorced, beheaded, regenerated. Missy arrives in Tudor, England, throwing the plans of another renegade Time Lord into chaos. King Henry VIII is on the throne, and aliens are stomping through the countryside. Missy just wants to be queen. And the monk? Once he knows who else is on the scene, he'll be glad just to stay alive. I don't know that I have a ba-ba-ba big enough for this one. <laughs> as much as I enjoyed the first one, this one overshadowed it completely. Yep. <laughs> It was just like, where do you go with this? And th this very, you know, this very rakish king open. They were like, yeah, bring your daughter out. Maybe I'll take a look at her. You. And it was just like, uh oh. And and I I stayed away from the description, so I didn't know who these characters necessarily were. I mean, I, obviously, I suspected Missy. Her name's in the title, but I, I didn't know the meddling monk was in this one. And so then when it was revealed, that's who this was. It was like, oh God, this just reeks of, this is going to be awesome. And it, and it was, it did not disappoint at all. The chemistry and the wordplay and yeah, so much fun. Well, it's, it's funny because when he first goes in to meet the daughter who turns out to be Missy and he immediately recognizes her. I'm in my mind going, okay, when, when has Missy had an interaction with uh, King uh, Henry VIII? And are we going to get some backstory on that in this story? Or are we just going to have some clever mentions or some clever throwback, you know, nods to it, you know, last time we saw each other? And so I completely was in that mode of ready for this to have been King Henry VIII's second you know, uh, uh, meeting with Missy only to find out that it was actually the meddling monk who, <laughs> who goes to great lengths early on to say that he's, he's been saddled with the monk title only for her to point out the fact that, you know, where did you end up? And he said, you wasn't in a monastery. And he says, no, it was an abbey. <laughs> <laughs> and well, creativity and, isn't a high point when you're running for your life. <laughs> And then, uh, basically, by the end of this thing, completely accepting it and just going with it. I mean, he even calls himself the meddling monk at at one point later in the story. So, I mean, after all, I am the meddling monk. So, <laughs> Rufus Hound does such a great job in the role. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> he really embodies, you know, and then camps up the character of the monk. Yeah. Um, from Peter Butterworth, through from obviously the TV series who can't return for the role. Right. Um, and just the idea that of course the monk 
took off and hid during the time war <laughs> and was now you know stuck again and trying to get out it, it's just the whole story of what the monk's been doing and what he's trying to do in this in this story just fits within character so perfectly oh yeah absolutely he is just so delicious but never more so than when he genuinely believes he has the upper hand when they get back to the castle <laughs> and he's like oh i can't wait to be queen i want this i want that oh and cats i want a room full of cats he's like yes that'll be nice arrest her take her off to the tower what for <laughs> treason um adultery <laughs> <laughs> we literally yes. came in the same carriage when would i have time i know it's so impressive <laughs> i was listening to this um while mel was at work at, at, at Relana's, and she came home and in the middle of it and was immediately concerned because i was laughing so hard during that exchange, like I, I had gotten to the point where I was having trouble breathing because <laughs> I was, I mean, I was doubled up just, just in stitches over it. And she was like, are you all right? It's like, yeah, it's a doctor who thing. And she was like, uh, huh. but just when would I have time? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it's such a great exchange in the delivery of it. Every Everything about it worked and you know ah oh, god <laughs> i'm so not doing this justice <laughs> well and all of the the stuff the monk's trying to do to you know become anachronistic and prove that hey you need to come take care of me time lords now that you're back come come rescue me down to you know the wedding march and having written green sleeves and all sorts of other. <laughs> How do you not know green sleeves? <laughs> Singing that King Henry VIII song. <laughs> King Henry VIII. Uh, that was good. You're just going to have to trust us on this one. Go and listen to this audio. Oh, it is. It is. It's so good. It's, it's, so it's such a hoot. <laughs> This, I believe, is what we refer to in the vernacular as a romp. <laughs> <laughs> so it's now the I, biggest of romps. I, I do have to ask, because Missy makes the point to talk about the, um, uh, what are the, 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 the Reapers, and since the, the, since the Time Lords have been gone and then returned, there's been all kinds of chaos. The Reapers, the, um, the Vortec, Vortisaur. Uh, the vortisaurs, the anyway, all these different things that basically feed off of or repair paradoxes. And I'm assuming because I never really got what these were, but I'm assuming the Grimorians are another paradox. But they, they just seem to be coming along trying to preserve uh, whatever. In this case, they're trying to preserve the king and his and his wife. But. I, I never quite understand what their mission is and why they're here or is because the monk has meddled here. Is that what drew them to here? That's what I didn't quite understand. Maybe you guys could explain. There was a line drop somewhere about how they're, they, they capture and preserve the um, paradoxes and then feed off of them that way. Okay. 
So they are another paradox parasite then. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. They're just a bit more sentient. And I presume it's because the monk has created this uh, yeah. paradox yeah. that's happening. So, okay. Makes sense. So he attracted, you know, attention, just not from the Time Lord. Right. They, the they did say that, uh, I do remember them saying that they're attracted to anachronistic uh, events. And so, yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. That was the only thing I, I sort of felt like I missed was what exactly their MO was. But that makes sense. Hey, when you go outside and wave the flashlight, you're going to attract mosquitoes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and then even down to those guys, the Grimorians of, oh, yes, we're going to preserve you. And, oh, yeah, this is going to be fine. And we'll just suck all the air out of the bubble. <laughs> Not realizing <laughs> that it kills the beans inside of it. Right. It's obviously the entire story is done as a comedy and they just do so well with it. Very good. All right. Well, we've been, uh, we've come to that point in the, uh, podcast where we get to give away a special prize. Uh, Sean, tell us what we are giving away. Remind our listeners what, uh, we're giving away. So I get our, uh, wheel of, uh, well, wheel of fortune. No wheel of choice. Ready. Wheel of morality, turn, turn, turn. Show us the lesson that we should learn. <laughs> um, that was an Animaniacs joke for those of you that didn't get it. Uh, we have, thanks to a friend of the show, Rick Cross, uh, author extraordinaire, a copy of his lovely book, uh, The uh, Lethbridge Stewart, Times Squared, uh, which we've reviewed previously on this uh, cast and enjoyed immensely. You may remember this as uh, having something to do with Robot Yeti in New York. And uh, he has autographed us and sent it to us as a potential giveaway, which we said, yes, absolutely, let's give that away. And uh, this is the new special edition, pretty cover, and includes the uh, the new short story, Maker, uh, which ties into these events, which we have not yet reviewed, so we'll look forward to that. But one of you lucky people who followed instructions is going to get this awesome tome. And we did have quite a few entries, and most of them came from Twitter, so we want to thank everyone that entered. And uh, please, uh, you know, if, if you're new to the show, to the podcast, welcome, and we appreciate you here. Hopefully you found us uh, this way uh, online. And uh, if you're just following us on Twitter, welcome as well. We're, we're just happy to have you any way we can. All right, so we've got the wheel up here with all of the names on it, and we're going to give it a spin, and let's see if we can get a winner. And it looks like the winner is at trainfan44 from that's the that's their, obviously they're not their real name that's their Twitter <laughs> Twitter <laughs> handle. Did um, your parents not like you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I could probably say the name that he has uh, because it's there on Twitter if you look for him. Uh, looks like Connor McHale is our winner. So. Uh, Connor or train at trainfan44 uh, we will direct message you and we will get uh, the pertinent information to make sure that we get this out to you and congratulations and uh, thanks for playing congrats Connor congratulations All right. yes 
more giveaways to come. We've not uh, we've not emptied out the prize vault quite as of yet, so continue <laughs> to listen. And uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, with this new season coming up, that uh, maybe we should uh, maybe we should give away a, a flux game. Do we have one to give away? I'll have to I'll have to check. Oh, cool. But for our flux representatives, if you're listening. <laughs> we'd, we'd like to give away a tie-in promotional product for you <laughs> Looney Labs if you're listening and for anybody else that would like to donate product for us to give away for you we'd be happy to do that just uh, contact more, more than happy that's right alright well uh, what do we got coming up on the schedule Sean well um, it's it's funny the BBC kind of loaded up their, uh, their scheduling <laughs> shotgun and blew a great big hole in my plans uh, but it's a welcome one, so we're yeah. not going to complain too much. Yeah. We are going to come back uh, a little sooner than expected to our weekly uh, uh, schedule uh, and cover the second half of the Missy uh, Series 1 uh, box set next week. Uh, that will be Episode 3, The Broken Clock, and Episode 4, The Belly of the Beast from Big Finish. And then uh, the following week, we will be back with some Titan comics. We're going to finish off the uh, uh, Missy run with issue four. And then uh, hit up the uh, volume three of the 13th Doctor. So we'll get some 13th Doctor uh, before the 13th Doctor debuts on our television screens. And then uh, obviously the next eight weeks will be all new series. So if you're looking for the new hotness, you found it. All right, very good. Well, of course, be sure to check out the website, drivethevortex.com, for updates. And if you get any value out of this podcast, why not put some value back into it? You can do that on our Patreon link and consider supporting us. Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to a podcast. And be sure to join in the conversation in our listeners forum on Facebook. Anything else we need to cover this week before we close? This will be a short one. If not... We all liked it. <laughs> that's tend to be short they do they are like short it. when we don't yeah. like them we have found that's true alright well until next time I'm Glenn I'm Sean and I'm Keith cheers good night everybody be seeing you thanks for listening you have been listening to Traveling the Vortex Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC no infringement is intended or implied <laughs>